everyone. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Uh, if you're hearing this, it means I actually got the courage to publish a podcast rather than just talking to myself. Um, if that is the case, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I'm starting this podcast because recently I have gone through huge changes in my mental health. Um, I've struggled a lot. I've made some self-discovery and I found that in order to get myself uh, through a lot of what I was feeling, I found the most comfort in listening to other people's stories. Even if I couldn't relate at all, uh, just listening to their struggle and the fact that they overcame it was comforting to me. So I kind of wanted to do the same, even if only one person ever listens to this and you know they find the slightest bit of comfort, then I guess the effort was worth it. Um, but I hope you enjoy and, uh, I hope to continue this. The first episode, I kind of wanted to just talk about who I am, uh, and why I want to talk about mental health. Uh, I've struggled a lot with mental health in my life and it wasn't until recently that I decided to change that, um, kind of through chance, kind of through fate, whatever you want to call it, I have discovered, um, and I kind of just want to tell this story. So, I guess I'll start from the beginning. I've always struggled with mental health, uh, from as little as I can remember. I remember having my first suicidal thought when I was too young to even go to school. Uh, I didn't go to preschool, I did kindergarten, but... I hadn't even started school yet, and I thought to myself that I would rather uh, be dead and go to heaven, I grew up in a Christian family, than be living. And I obviously didn't know the impact of death, I really didn't know what it meant, uh, but I had a lot of family that had passed away when I was very young, so I knew that death was permanent. And in my mind, I felt like Living with people, uh, from my own beliefs, that had passed away and gone to heaven would be better than living on earth with the people I was with. This isn't to say I grew up in a bad family, my situation was terrible, because it wasn't. Uh, I just remember being so upset with myself and so not in love with who I was before I could even go to school, that I would have much rather have been somewhere else. I preferred nothing over living. Um, And the trend continued as I got older, uh, not so much in elementary school. Uh, I went to two different elementary schools. My mom got remarried and we moved. Um, But I would occasionally have these overwhelming feelings of not wanting to live. And I often talked about preferring to not be here on earth. Um, I remember one time in particular, my sister and I were having an argument over what color of toy uh, she wanted and what color toy I wanted. They were the exact same toys, the one was yellow and one was pink. And every time I chose a color, she would say, well, this one's better because of this reason. And so then I would switch colors and, and She would say, okay, well, this one's better for this reason. And I remember being so filled 
with anger because I couldn't be happy with the choice that I made that I sat in the closet and I cried because I hated myself. Um, and mind you, this is when I was probably about eight. And, you know, time went on. And uh, because these symptoms started when I was so young, pretty soon they were who I was. My isolation, my socialization fears, uh, you know, being shy soon became my personality and I just thought that's who I was. I thought that's who I was meant to be, who I was growing up to be and I've accepted that. I accepted the fact that when I was little I didn't like to hang out with friends. Um, I was afraid to get in trouble at school. If I even got talked to by the teacher because I was being too noisy at centers I would cry for a week every time I saw my teacher again because I had disappointed her and I had disappointed myself. So uh, after we moved, I had mentioned that my mom got remarried and we moved schools. I was in fifth grade, going into fifth grade, and I moved to a really small school. Uh, my class had about 20 kids, um, two buildings. It was elementary and then middle and high school. And you kind of all just shared the same spaces. Um, and I wasn't greatly accepted into this new school. A lot of people were related to each other, so they kind of just stuck with their own people, and I was kind of an outcast. Um, as I started getting older, and a lot of these traits or quirks that I had, um, such as being very socially awkward, uh, it kind of set me apart from the crowd. A lot of people didn't want to talk to me. I had a hard time making friends. Uh, so a lot of my own thoughts and ideas kind of turned inward, and pretty soon they started getting destructive. You know, they would tell me, like, why can't you make friends? There's something wrong with you. You're the reason for your own pain. You deserve this because you can't get over a lot of your personality. Um, you're just an unlikable person. And, uh, you know, my parents always pushed for me to be strong and independent woman, my mom raised three kids pretty much by herself until she got remarried. So I kind of always had that fighting spirit in me. So some days it would be, you know, it's their fault. They can't accept me. I don't want to be friends with them anyway. And then other days it was, it's my fault. I hate myself. You know, uh, just destructive thoughts. And it got worse kind of as I went through high school. I got bullied a lot and I just kind of didn't fit in. So I stuck to my schooling, stuck to, you know, sticking at home. I never really went out. I would do clubs, but I would never do sports because I was afraid that if I made a mistake in the game and I lost us the game, then I would be hated forever and I could never forgive myself. Um, so a lot of what I did was the academic competitions where I relied on myself and nobody else. Uh, nobody, I didn't want anybody to fail because of me. And I was content with that. I thought that's just what my personality was. I thought that's who I was meant to be in this life. Um, college got a little better actually because I was focused so much on my school, on who I wanted to be. Uh, I still had 
you know, isolation tendencies. I didn't go out and party. I didn't make a lot of friends. Didn't have a roommate. I lived by myself in the dorms. And then afterward, when I moved into an apartment, I lived by myself. Uh, but I was happy with that because then I could focus on, on work and school and being successful. Um, so flash forward a bit to a few months ago. I've currently been out of college for two years. Um, living in a house that I own in a, you know, cute, quiet little neighborhood. Um, so a few months ago, I discovered that I really, you know, my job I was in really wasn't working out. I didn't appreciate the way my employer was treating me. So I left and got a new job with uh, my neighbors who I thought I was great friends with. We headed off right away. We would hang out every weekend. We were there for each other if somebody needed something. Um, and so I got a job with them working in their house. And pretty soon I started to realize that I had so much free time on my hands. I was just getting bored. Uh, so I decided to join um, as a board member for a nonprofit organization that focused on uh, preventing veteran suicide. Um, veteran suicide is a huge thing for me. It's something I will forever advocate for um, or against. And, you know, I'm always looking for ways to help. So this was a great opportunity because I got to connect one-on-one -on -one with veterans that needed help. Um, I got to, I was in charge of writing grants to get the organization money to build the organization up. And I really enjoyed what I was doing for a while there. I met so many incredible people. Um, and I loved learning about others. But one thing I learned was that a lot of these symptoms um, of depression, anxiety, PTSD, of a lot of the people I talked to were similar to some of the things I did. Um, feeling anxious, just trying to make a phone call or order food at a restaurant constantly fidgeting, uh, restlessness, waking up in the middle of the night for no reason and not being able to fall back asleep. These things that I thought were little quirks about myself suddenly became symptoms. And I started to really look inward because, um, you know, these destructive thoughts that I had in my mind that I thought were just low self-esteem pretty soon started to align with people who had clinical diagnosed depression. So I started to really evaluate and do some of my research. And what I thought was this low self-esteem, uh, just really my personality, uh, matched the definition of anxiety and depression. And, you know, you could say, wow, that's amazing. You officially know, you know, what's what's wrong or you can live more relaxed you know how to get help but to me I completely lost my identity now I remember when I said because all these symptoms started so young pretty soon I thought that's just who I was so if I wasn't these quirks that I had about myself that pretty much controlled my life then who was I um I really went through an identity crisis I will look at pictures of myself and have no idea who I was. Um, I would have a conversation with 
a longtime friend and they would, you know, bring up a memory and I felt like it was a completely different person back then. I, I wasn't her. Um, a lot of these memories started because, you know, for example, my friend talked about how I'd get bored of eating and so he always got a second lunch when we would eat lunch in high school together because I would get bored and hand my food off to him. Um, but then I realized that that came from fatigue, constant fatigue, that I couldn't even eat properly. I would just get tired and bored of doing something so simple and taking care of myself, nourishing myself, that I would just give up. Um, and, you know, so so if that's not who I was, then who am I? I've gone 23, 24 years of being a diagnosis. Um, and, you know, it, it really hit hard, but I didn't want to say anything because I was afraid of the kind of reaction I would get. My family didn't talk about mental illness, and if they did, it was very quiet, it was very quick, and then you never brought it up again. Um, and same with my friends, you know, everyone kind of put on a brave face, and while they knew maybe something was wrong, they never really talked about it. So I had nobody really to talk about. I thought that talking about mental illness was taboo. Um, and, you know, quick flashback, a couple years ago, I worked in a psych hospital, and particularly with the youth population. Um, that was the favorite unit that I would work. And I would sit here and think, how, you know, how could these kids hate their lives so much? They want to end it. They haven't even begun their life. Um, and, and pretty soon I started to realize, you know, I, I was that kid. I just, I didn't have the resources provided to me uh, to realize that it was an actual diagnosis. It was a chemical imbalance in my brain that was causing these things and not just who I was, who I was uh, born to be. And, um, you know, so... So for the first time in my life, I started to recognize this emptiness inside of me. I was going through a lot. Like I said, I bought a house and was getting friends, changing jobs, taking control of my life, making a difference. And yet I couldn't still, like, I couldn't be happy. And that was the most frustrating thing was there's people out there with so much little than you. And here you are moping uh, you know, over nothing to me. I felt like I was getting sad at nothing. I would stop brushing my hair and then I would get mad because my hair looked bad or I wouldn't wash my face and then I would get mad because I felt gross. Um, even, you know, outside sources, like a dog would bark in the distance and I would get uncontrollably angry because I couldn't control it. Um, and so then that kind of turned into a manifestation of physical pain. I felt like I couldn't get out of bed because my whole body hurt. I felt like, you know, I didn't want to eat because my stomach hurt. And I really just stopped taking care of myself for a while. Um, and, you know, so it this goes to the title, you know, I care about you. I just don't care about myself. Uh, on the daily, when working with this nonprofit, I would, 
I tell people, I care about you so much. Like, this world cares about you so much. You matter. Why would you ever self-harm? Why would you, you know, contemplate or attempt suicide? Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's stupid. Why would you do that to us? Um, and I really meant it. I would get so uncontrollably angry when somebody said, you know, I just hate myself. I can't do anything good for this world. When here in front of me, I was seeing everything amazing that they were doing. And a lot of these people, I befriended. Um, I still talk to them. I still have conversations, maybe not daily, but still, you know, check up on each other and see how each other's doing, how their life's going. Um, but the words, I care about you, was constantly going through my um, predictive text because I said it so often. And I really did care about a lot of these people that I helped. Um, but how could I care about somebody so much and see how stupid these destructive behaviors were? But at the same time, I was doing it to myself. Uh, and I kind of held this mentality that everything's okay as long as I don't try suicide. Uh, I would have suicidal thoughts, but never really put a plan to it. They were just kind of passing thoughts, um, or thoughts of self-harm, you know, like I would sit in the bathroom for hours and do nothing, um, or in the bathtub and I would do nothing and, but sit there and think like, you know, you should just put your head under the water and I never acted on it. So in my mind, I said, I'm doing better. I'm doing okay. And, you know, nothing's wrong. I don't need help. And I denied the fact that maybe I might need help or that this was even real. The thought of saying depression out loud completely scared me. And the first time I ever told anybody and he said, you know, is it depression? I panicked because that made it so real. It wasn't just me moping and being lazy or, you know, my mind playing tricks on me, it, it was real, it was a diagnosis, kind of at that point, um, so, you know, I, I was in denial in my head, I was constantly advocating, uh, for others to go get help, it's nothing to be ashamed of to go see a therapist, like I said, I worked in a psych hospital, so I really advocated for maybe not going to a psych hospital, because to me, that was a terrible experience, um, a lot of what those people went through. Um, but going to see a counselor or going to see a doctor, maybe talking about medications, stuff like that. And when people said, no, no, I'm you know, not about that, I would get so mad at them. Because I'm like, you know, do you want to risk your life on this? Do you want to risk your life on, on maybe I'll be okay? But at the same time, in my head, I was denying the same thing. Um, and I think that also hit me really hard, the fact that I cared so much about other people, but I didn't care enough about myself. And, um, you know, it, it just goes to show, like, I, you know, I distracted my mind trying to, you know, don't think about your own problems, think about somebody else. Somebody else has it worse. Uh, so eventually I realized I just really wasn't happy in the environment I was. Um, this job 
with my neighbors that I thought were friends kind of stopped working out and I thought that was you know the the ultimate cause of this these feelings I uh, was getting they weren't always the kindest to me didn't always treat me with respect and I just had a lot of time to sit and think and kind of let these ideas manifest I needed more distraction so went out found a new job um, left them kind of decided that this friendship needed to maybe not end but not be as close because of um, just the way I was treated and uh, at the time we had some family issues going on um, just some health problems and so I had a lot on my mind I'm you know having these feelings of emptiness but at the same time I'm suddenly overwhelmed with sadness for what was going on in the family and you know but then at the same time I was really excited about this new job I learned to love it right off the bat it was a mix of emotions um and one Saturday afternoon out of nowhere I get a message from one of you know the girl that I thought that I had befriended and was working for and she said some of the most terrible things I think you could ever tell another human um I won't say any of them uh just because that that is something I have let go but a lot of what my mind was telling me now became real by somebody who said just a couple weeks prior that they cared about me uh, and about my health and about our well-being. Um, you know, just it hurt so bad because I would tell myself, your mind's lying to you. It's, you know, you're not really a terrible person. You're, you're okay, you know, you'll, you'll be safe, you can make another friend. And all of a sudden, this person comes out and says everything that my mind was saying, and worse. Um, and it completely broke me. I, you know, don't remember much after reading this text message. Um, but I will tell you that the loudest sound you will ever hear is the failure of a gun to discharge because you forgot to take the safety off. And for the first time, I realized I was not okay. Um, and I realized how easy it is to fall into that trap of suicide. I had never before that day thought about taking action on these thoughts. Never before that day I had I made a plan. Um, I have plenty of weapons in the house because you know I've I've trained myself in self-defense and that's what makes me feel safe in my home um, but never once have I thought about using them for for bad things and I almost blanked out until I heard that noise and I realized in a split second a whole lot could have changed um, you know I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be experiencing a lot of the amazing things that have happened in the last couple months. My family would be experiencing tremendous pain right now. Um, and I never at the time realized the permanency of the action that I had just taken. 
uh, and since then, I have, you know, I haven't attempted again because I realize just how painful and just how stupid that was. But it was the the denial up until that point of, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay because I haven't had, I haven't acted on it. You know, I'm doing better than anyone, you know, and than other people. I don't need help yet because I haven't gotten that to that point. And my point of, of this, you know, saying this, um, isn't for sympathy. It isn't, you know, a shock factor. It's to help you realize that the moment you don't start feeling yourself is the moment you need help. Um, or the moment you start having these thoughts, don't let it get this far to where a text message by somebody who in retrospect doesn't even matter to my life um how a text message from her could have changed so much uh could have been you know such a great impact on a lot of people not just the people I love but my friendships um but a lot of the people I've reached out to in the last couple months. Um, so don't let your get, yourself get to that point. If, you know, the first chance that you feel like, you know, maybe something's off, talk to a friend. I was constantly, you know, preaching, just talk to somebody. If you're having these thoughts, talk to somebody. Just tell me there's no judgment. Yet I couldn't say it myself. I was so busy focused on other people's problems, on helping them get through it, on saying they have it worse than me, but it completely denied the fact that I myself may have needed help, that I may have needed a friend to talk to. And I'm getting a lot better about, you know, reaching out to my friends and just saying, hey, I'm not okay today, or my mind's being mean today. And, you know, being able to do that to somebody else makes them realize that you know, lead, lead by example. If they're having a bad day too, they're much more willing to come to me and just say, Hey, you know, that, that day you were having the other day where something just didn't feel right. I'm having that day today. And then we can work together. A lot of what you do to help somebody else is exactly what you needed when you needed help. Uh, so you build skills through each other. You know, um, I'm not peer to peer counselor certified, but I'm working to get classes so that I can help people better. I know what to say. I know how to pull those questions out without causing anxiety. I know how to calm an anxiety attack. Um, you know, so strength in numbers. My best friend, him and I have gone through a lot recently. And we have been there for each other through it all. And we have this saying, you know, fight with the power of two. Because... On days he's having a bad day, all my energy goes to fighting off, you know, his demons or whatever's going on in his mind. So not only is he fighting, but I'm fighting him too. I'm constantly telling him, your mind's lying to you. This is not true. Here's why, you know, don't believe it. Let's distract yourself. And my efforts go to him. And he does the same for me. His comes back to me. And, you know, find that person that understands I've never met him, never met my best friend. He lives on the other side of the United States, um, and someday I hope to meet, but it's the fact that him and I can relate and that we're there for each other. So find your person. I mean, join 
a Facebook group for those that struggle with mental health. Go to meetings. Go out and just find something that someone that can relate because the most therapeutic thing I have ever done in my life is texting him and saying I'm not okay today. I have never had better results. Um, you know, I'm taking medication now to, to control my depression and anxiety. Um, but even those don't help as much as texting him saying, I need help today. I need your strength today. Um, so go out, you know, try and find that person. If you don't have that person, I will be that person for you. I will always be the person to listen. Um, as long as you're willing to be it back, it's a two-way street. So my only caveat to that is, you know, if you need a person to listen to your problems, make sure they're there for you because a lot of times they will push their problems away um, to make sure that you get through yours. So, you know, and be there for others. I mean, being there for others has helped me as well because, like I said, I learned what depression and anxiety was by helping others and still to this day they you know say they do things and I'm like oh my gosh I do that too I had no idea and whether it is just a quirk of two common people um, or it's a symptom of anxiety and depression uh, you you learn and you build these relationships with people um, so you know I encourage you to go out if you know, even if it's a therapist that, you know, therapists don't exactly reciprocate. Um, but if you need somebody to talk to and you just don't know where to start, start with a therapist. They, you can even do it from your phone. You know, I do it from my phone. I have a, a counselor that I can, you know, call, do a video chat with. Um, you know, if you have social anxiety like me, I was very anti-therapy. Until I realized I can do it from the comfort of my home and my pajamas. If I'm in the car having a panic attack, um, I don't have to go somewhere. And I don't have to talk to people to do it. I just, here is, you know, my safe person to talk to. They can get me through this. They're trained. You know, they're, they're, um, they're, they're there to professionally help and professionally get you through there. So, um, I'm going to leave it at that. I have so much more to talk about, um, but I just kind of wanted to let you in, let you know where I'm coming from, where I started, where I am now. And, you know, in the later episodes, we will get into a little, a little more details um, and kind of what I'm learning as I'm go, as I'm going to this day. I'm still listening to podcasts, reading as much as I can, trying to understand um, how, how to best get through this. And I hope to share that kind of as a journey, um, as I go. So, I mean, if you're just starting to listen, if you come in and I'm, you know, hopefully 10, 20 episodes in and you start here, you can view the journey as, as I went. Um, so go ahead, subscribe if you want to. Not sure how many people in these, but hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you later.